You are listening to the Think Brick Australia podcast. Think Brick Australia represents the clay, brick and paver manufacturers of Australia. Brick by Brick, our podcast will discuss technical information and architectural case studies with special guests. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of Think Brick Australia. On today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome back Jack Gill, our technical lead here at Think Brick Australia. And Jack, we're discussing where most of Australians live, which is along the Australian coast. Welcome. That's right. Thank you very much for having me, Elizabeth. It's great to be back. Now, I've got a statistic here in front of me, which says that more than 85% of Australians live within 50 kilometres of the coast. And you yourself actually grew up in this type of area. Could you share that with us? Yeah, definitely. I think Australians have always traditionally had an affinity for living near the coast. I mean, all of our uh, major cities and our state capitals are all located right on the coast. And I think just having that history of, you know, Australian cities being developed along there has really transitioned that culture into most Australians. I know that myself, I grew up on the south coast of New South Wales, which is a lovely slice of paradise, (laughs) really beautiful beaches, beautiful people. And I think it's something that most Australians resonate with. It's not a unique story to grow up along the coast and grow up in that sort of marine or beachy environment. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things when you go overseas, people say Australia is such a big country, but they don't realise that 75% of it is inhabitable, especially in the middle there. But what we're actually going to talk about today is what does that mean about designing for the coast? And the key word we're going to talk about is durability. Yes, that is the key word. I think that's the main thing that Australian building designers need to sort of take into consideration when we're building not only residential homes, but also commercial buildings as well. And the idea of durability is the ability to resist wear and deterioration through a building material or a building's intended lifetime. So essentially what this means in plain terms is that a building that's highly durable will last the test of time without the need for excessive maintenance. I think we're all striving for that for our own bodies as well, Jack. So now that we're talking about a surf coast, how is that defined in AS3700? Yeah, it's a great question. And look, we use AS3700 as our standard for masonry structures. And within this standard, it has a section on designing for durability. And essentially what that section does is it looks at the different environment that a building might be located in and the considerations that a designer would need to take into account based on that environment. And to break it down a little bit, it actually goes into defining what a coast or specifically what a surf coast is. And this actually helps building designers to see how their building might respond to that environment. And so what we sort of have in AS3700 is a surf coast is defined as any area of salt water where breaking waves are a normal occurrence, meaning that it's going to be four days out of a week or 60% of the time. So to give you a bit of an example, your average beach or your exposed beach would be considered a surf coast, whereas something like Sydney Harbour or Port Phillip Bay in Victoria, these would be considered to be non-surf coasts where waves aren't going to be breaking as much of the time. So the key thing is the waves have to break, otherwise it's a bay. And if we take that a bit further, Jack, what are the major causes of durability failure? 
Yeah, definitely. So again, if we're looking at the idea of what a surf coast is and what is within our oceans, we need to remember the key ingredient is salt. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our building materials that we use with our modern building designs aren't friends with salt. That's what we really need to consider. And what we sort of end up getting from this relationship between materials and salt is we can have four main causes of a durability failure. The first one of these is the corrosion of steel within our buildings. And as I said before, what happens here is that the salt within our oceans actually reacts with these steel items and essentially causes rust. And what then happens is you get that sort of corrosion and you start to get that deterioration within your steel elements. The second major cause of durability failure would be exposure to the environment. And what we mean by this is exposure to sea mist and excessive wind. Remembering that when we're on a surf coast, usually we're having buildings that are exposed to stronger winds, and this can actually lead to that deterioration from a durability perspective. I think as well, if you've sat on the beach on a windy day, you know exactly what you're up against at a very small level. (laughs) Exactly. If you've ever felt that sand blast straight into you, then imagine that 24-7 for your building. (laughs) Imagine being the brick in that scenario. So the third major cause of durability failure would be the effect of the salts themselves on the building material. And what happens here is these salts from the ocean and carried by the wind get into our building materials and cause that excessive degradation over time. And finally, we have our fourth major cause of durability failure, which would be high pressure cleaning. And not by an accredited think brick cleaner. That's exactly right. And that's a separate podcast. Thank you for that, Jack. But I guess essentially if I can narrow this down, what we're essentially looking at is trying to protect a building from water and wind. So then on that note, what would be the standard moisture prevention systems that we use? Yeah, definitely. And look, this is the great thing I think specifically about bricks is that they're an incredibly durable material and they do withstand the test of time. And if we're talking about a brick structure specifically and moisture prevention within a brick structure, what we would generally have is weep holes, flashings and damp proof courses. And all of our keen podcast listeners would be aware of these systems. But essentially, All of these three items do and these key moisture prevention systems do is they collect and redirect moisture out of your brickwork so that it's not staying in there and causing issues. Because as anyone's probably aware, when you get water inside your building, inside your home, generally not a great experience. Not fun. Not fun at all. And we've actually done a whole podcast on weep holes and weathering of brick. So, Jack, we do have some previous podcasts that go into exposure environments and how they're defined by AS 3700. But I guess what I'm really curious about here is just taking, pardon the pun, a deep dive into what mortar and what mortar joints would be the best for these environments. Yeah, definitely. And look, while we're on the subject of moisture prevention, it's really important to note that when we're talking about a brick wall, we need to take into account the mortar. After all, it is up to 15%, sometimes more, of our brickwork. So it's really important to treat these as designers with the respect they deserve. And again, it's the idea of redirecting that moisture. So with a mortar joint, we're going to be looking for something that is ironed. So what ends up happening is when the water hits the brickwork and hits that mortar joint, it essentially uses the mortar joint as a skateboarding ramp and goes into the brickwork and flicks straight back off it. 
That's a great point, Jack. And now we're going to talk about all the other little things that are involved in the wall. What do we need to think about with regards to wall ties, connectors and lintels and some shelf angles and things like that? As we mentioned before with the idea of what causes durability failure, we mentioned that the corrosion of embedded steel items can be a major cause of deterioration. So when we're looking at a brick wall, when we're looking at a masonry system, it's not just comprised solely of the bricks. We have these alternative and these additional materials that we're using, such as, as you mentioned, Elizabeth, wall ties, lintels, shelf angles, that all help to support the brickwork. Most of these items are usually made out of steel. And if we don't have the correct materials here and the correct specification of the steel, what's going to happen is these items are going to corrode, they're going to rust, and they're going to eventually cause structural failure. And the major issue of durability failure. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So depending on where you're located, depending on what your exposure environment is and how close you are to those surf coasts or non-surf coasts that we talked about earlier, you will have to look at your manufacturer of these components and inquire about the correct durability class for each of these components. And those durability classes are given within AS2699 and AS3700 specifically. And there's a perfect table 3.1 that I'm looking at here. Jack, thank you so much for that. So just in summary, as we were saying, most Australians love living on the coast. In fact, 85% of us live within 50 kilometres of the coast. There's a few things that we want to break down with regards to durability and why brick is the best thing for these coastal environments. But we've just highlighted the major causes of durability, in particular, some standard moisture prevention systems, as well as mortar and the finishes, as well as the components of other areas of masonry to ensure that their durability doesn't impact the brick's durability. Have I covered everything, Jack? Absolutely. Look, we've come from a discussion of what durability is and what living on the coast means for Australians. And I think it's really important to go back to that definition that a highly durable material will require minimal cleaning, minimal maintenance. It will be easy to hose down and clean salt off and it will not rust or weather over time. And look, if we consider how bricks are and their material components and their material chemistry, they fit the definition of what a highly durable material is. So they're perfect if you're looking to design and build a home on the Australian coast. If you're thinking coastal living, think brick. Absolutely, (laughs) think brick. And we'll put in the show notes all of those references to our previous podcasts as well as some of these tables. Absolutely. Jack, thank you for helping us think about building along the Australian coast today. No worries. Thank you for having me very much. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for new ways to think brick. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.